Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. What's going on, Gabe? Not much, Lee. How's it going? Good. How you, how you doing? I'm excited for episode four. Episode four. Yeah. A little scary. It's... But exciting. It's a very interesting journey with obviously life we had to skip a week but uh knowing that we are able to heal ourselves and go through the agony of all the different vernacular or grammar errors and word errors and what about this and that and not remembering things and then listening back and thinking uh duh to say the thing that you're gonna say hello (laughs) (laughs) isn't it amazing it is but it's uh like you said, it's been an interesting journey, and uh, I'm happy to be here still. So so that means we're halfway done with our eight. Just about. Because we decided, obviously, right? We talked about eight. Get them together, put them out, see what happens. Right. We can sink or we can swim. Mm-hmm. Depending on how it goes and where we go from there. But, Yeah. Feel good. What do you What do you got for us today, Lee? For episode four, we decided to. Why do you sound like Borat? Borat right now. Borat. <laughs> episode for four. Episode four. No, uh, <laughs> we decided to cover the Bible or how the Bible itself plays a role in the Christian life or the Christian walk. So, in essence, uh, what it means. To the believer, the significance in culture, the significance uh, just in daily living, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's at least that's what I got. So just to start out, um, I looked up the significance of the Bible and the role it plays in today's world or in uh, today's society. And I was actually on Cora. Oh, nice. Cora? Cora. Uh, Cora. I can't pronounce that right for some reason. Anyways. Um, <laughs> that's actually, that's funny, but that's what I think got Peterson started on his 12 Rules book. The book, yeah. That's what he attributes. He references yeah. the... So, anywho, yeah. So... Fun fact. What's one of the top searches that came up, and it was a post, or an article, in regards to the Bible being banned in 52 countries. So out of how many? I'm not good at this. There's 220, 230, something. So let's say 220, 52. That's about a quarter. Yes. Right, give or take, yeah. just about a quarter of so, countries. Yeah. So, I guess in that light, in that perspective, I started asking, well, why? You know, if it's um, if it wasn't a threat or if it wasn't something that challenged people, challenged governments, challenged the thought of society, then there wouldn't be that much backlash, right? There wouldn't be that much um, pushback, right. so to speak. Um, so that's something that stood out for me. and Because, and, uh, I mean, now, you know, in the West, at least... Um, 
it has been challenged or it has been presented as being, I guess, hate-filled or it's bigoted? being labeled as bigoted, um, backwards. discriminatory, backwards, ancient, irrelevant, irrelevant. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, there's a lot, right? There's a, there's a lot laundry of, list. Uh, but I know, I mean, I mentioned previously as far as the Christian the Christian or the religious perspective on sin or, you know, in other circles like Peterson saying, um, missing the mark, you know, in that aspect, it's interesting that people disagree with the Bible, which is perfectly fine. Um, perfectly fine to challenge, right? What it says and, um, you know, actually think, sit and think and, try and rationalize or try and uh, wrestle with wrestle yeah wrestle with Israel the, the thoughts that come yeah Israel the thoughts that come to mind with with what the Bible is saying um, because I think I think it's fair to say that because it's very difficult it's not easy to navigate through right to navigate yeah. through exactly yeah and I think that's fine mm-hmm. most books are give and and that's just you know books that we've written let's say in relative to what the scripture has been written in terms of time, a timeline. Yeah. And, and what is it that the Bible is trying to say versus other books? And the fact that, you know, Peterson points out that how interlinked it is, I think is what he says or inter. Yeah. Interlinked, interlinked and, and referenced and, and it actually referenced itself. And that, right. that obviously the Bible is composed of many books, so many on and so writers, forth. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just interesting to I think it's important to note that. I think we can confidently say it's not easy. And no. that's the point of it, is to meditate day and night, right? All that. Yeah, and I, I guess just the simple fact that there are different sections to it. You can categorize it you know, in many different ways. But, yeah, the fact that it's 66 books, that the span of time that it it's... Uh, being written in mm-hmm. that it takes place in yeah i think there is a element to it where you have to you have to have come to a place where you appreciate the bible if you're going to get really into the bible it's because you appreciate what it's saying i mean for maybe for some people it's for different reasons maybe it could be something that uh, it has an element. It has an element of poetry. It has an element of history. It has an element, like you said, with Peterson, that it's uh, hyperlinked. That hyperlinked. Hyperlinked with other um, portions of the Bible, other scriptures. Um, but I guess for for my perspective or my um, my view of the Bible as a Christian, as a believer, is that I would say one of the things that um, keeps me going back to the Bible is that in essence it's the lifeblood of a Christian so without the Bible it's going to be really hard to try and navigate through life under the uh, under the perspective or under the within the lens of Christ within the lens of of having a creator a messiah uh, I know they, they use it some, somewhat loosely, but 
People say, you know, oh, my Lord and Savior. So in those words, it's encapsulated that, yeah, there's something that we need as a reference point. And I think that's what the Bible does for, for right. the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. So I know it might be a little bit different for you. Maybe that's something that, as far as the Bible is concerned, something that you've formulated. Your, I don't know, opinion is the right word, but maybe it's something that, um, like I said, maybe a, an appreciation or an interest or maybe... I think um, the same is is true for me there's an absolute deep respect for it and an understanding that it wouldn't survive and exist otherwise if there mm-hmm. wasn't something in there for us to take mm-hmm. that's important mm-hmm. enough to have survived and and be defended and all the all the other struggles that have people have dealt with mm-hmm. that have had to deal with because of the Bible and what mm-hmm. it teaches and what it is about it that obviously our founders and you know throughout time people have had to sacrifice their life for it and it's something that's happening till today and it's funny because it says that you know the world will hate the um will hate the believer, right? Something like, something to that effect. Will hate Jesus, hate Jesus' name and prosecute and all these different things. And it's it's in it's in there to explicitly sell you that you're gonna it's not gonna be easy. Right. And that's the point. Hmm. And I mean there's a lot more and, and but that's just kind of uh, a quick summary of what yeah. a response to what you're saying. Yeah. For me. Okay, yeah. I mean, that... And I guess that's where it gets a little confusing for some that might say, like, what you were saying, it's archaic or it's something that is old-fashioned or what have you. Because I remember um, Gavin McGinnis? Is that his name? He's yeah, Gavin McKinnon's, McKinnon's, something like that. I don't know. From the Proud Boys? <laughs> well. From the Proud Boys? Um, recently. Right. No, but I remember him, uh, one of his uh, claims or one of his um, thoughts on Islam and the culture and Islamic countries, I guess, everything that comes with that was uh, his claim or his example to try and compare it to the West was in him saying that Islam is 500 years in the past, Mm -hmm. culturally speaking, you know, in terms of uh, women's rights and what have you. And I'm pretty sure there's people that could say the same thing for Christianity in some, in some respects, in some aspects. But, um, but again, like, I just go back to my thought with people that do criticize faith, criticize the Bible, where it's interesting that people have a problem with the notion of sin, but yet they don't believe in sin being a thing. They don't believe that sin is an actual uh, immoral... An actual category, I guess you could say? 
yeah, they don't agree with that, mm-hmm. but they have a problem with the Bible making that claim that we are missing the mark, that we are in need of help, of a savior, of redemption, right. so to speak. Um, but it, for me as a Christian, once you get into the Bible, once you get into an understanding of why it's significant or why it plays such a big role, uh, it has to do with the... <laughs> It has to do with the claims. Pre-warned you. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it, I'd always start off with the claims that Jesus made, or the claims that the gospel writer, gospel writers, excuse me, made about Jesus. And one of the first things that I turn to, or that I try and connect the Bible with, with Jesus, is in uh, John one one. Where it goes into saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, I like that. That last part of it, especially. I mean, all of it's great, but just that the dark didn't comprehend it. The dark couldn't comprehend it. Because that is a reference back to when the earth was without form and desolation. Darkness was upon the earth, if you will. Yeah. And that God brought the light out from from the darkness. Mm. It wasn't that... And who was it? Was you? Was it? Was it you that sent me the video about how when you turn the light on, like you turn the light switch on, it isn't. You can't turn. You can't turn darkness on. Darkness thought, is the absence of light. Absence of light. That sounds familiar. Where was I'm trying to remember from? who said that. Was it on? Was it him? Because I remember you sent me that video. The only thing. I, oh, by the way, I, the only problem. Well, the only, not really necessarily a problem, but I remember him saying, the scientist, I think it was. The Jew, oh, remember? yes, yes, yes. The scientist. Yeah. The Jewish. He said that he they showed a, a graph of how the earth or the universe was formed yeah. or created. The creation process. There was an actual beginning, it was his point. Yeah. But then he said that it was created from nothing. And I know that Eliseo has said that, no, something was created right better better put or better, better said better said that the that god created something out of the visible world yeah, came out of the invisible go. world yeah yeah that's a better way to formulate yeah because you can't create any anything something from out of nothing. yeah something out of nothing yeah. so that was the only part i was like uh i know we've discussed it here yeah. and i'm like uh i get what he's saying maybe that might lose some people who knows yeah. but anywho i but it was very interesting what he was saying but yeah, I think that's fascinating, that last part. I don't know, I just think it's amazing, the way it's said. Let me just read it one more time, verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Mm-hmm. So, like you're saying... And it's in the beginning, right? It's in the beginning. Genesis. So, essentially, the, the darkness... The darkness doesn't come about just on its own. 
it's because, like you said, there's an absence of light, but... It, it, to me, it sounds like it just exists. With or without the light. Right. I think it just it exists, just in the same way that our sinful nature just exists. Because of, yeah, that's, that's, who, that's who we are. It's just de facto that's our truth. That's our default yeah. within this life. It's within this structure, within these bones and these this flesh and bones, yeah. Because if you think about, I mean, we needed to create fire to have light. Yeah. And with that fire, you can see and cook and protect yourself and all that. It was from within the darkness that the light, the fire was shown. Gosh, we're getting... We're just getting really meta, but yeah. I, don't I know. know. It's, I don't it's... know why I just thought of, for example, your bedroom when the light switches off. I yeah. get scared. And you get scared. <laughs> you get scared because you know that there's objects in that room. Just because there's darkness, it doesn't mean that it's void of right. something that's already there. It's just that it hasn't been, it hasn't been exposed by light. So... It'd be ignorant of you to walk into the room knowing that there's a bed there, you know, there's a dresser, maybe there's a a nightstand, a lamp, what have you. It'd be ignorant of you to walk through there as though there's nothing there because the darkness is covering it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's making you blind to... What is truly there. What's the truth? Yes. That's a good way to put it. Darkness covers... And then what is, I I, I always, I don't want to say always, but I think back to, sorry, was there something here? I just feel like we kind of took that and ran with it a little bit, but. John 1-1? Yeah. I mean, we're having a discussion about it in any any regard. Just for for me that, uh, yeah, okay, thank you for asking. Just for me, the part where it's talking about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And in verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. For me, essentially, when, when you read that, and well, obviously there's other verses that connect to it, but Jesus is the, for me anyway, Jesus is the embodiment of God's word. Right. So I know some people might challenge that a little bit and say, well, Jesus is the Alpha, Alpha and the Omega, and He's always been. And that's not—I'm not saying like, and that's not what I'm challenging, or that's not what I'm questioning. But I'm just saying that the fact that we have Scripture, that we have the Word of God, to us it became not vis- visible is not the right word, but it became active within the within humanity, within. Um, human history, God became flesh. The word became flesh because in order to restore man or complete man or bring man in, back into, like we're studying on, on Wednesdays, bring back into Sabbath and everything that entails, the word, the word had to become tangible. The word had to become us. In order to save us, which is a kind of a weird thought. No, I know. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> I was totally thinking of this actually today. I want to say today, but I haven't thinking about this. Cause, uh, oh yeah. So Peter was Peterson was saying that when we take in information, we become informed. Mm-hmm. Thus, we become we we are able to have like formation or something something to that effect. He kind of does a play on words, but it makes sense when you become informed with information that like forms who you are in a sense right mm-hmm. and then you become like he says something like you 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 get into informing you get into formation okay so it aligns you and the hope is that it's it's truth mm-hmm. because that's just how we discussed that the darkness covers what is the truth that it you know because you can't truly see what is the truth in a sense right yeah. i may have mix that up but and I and then I remember thinking about this before of ideas being in objects because mm-hmm. Peterson says that there's matter and there is what is what matters matters are the objects made out of things that matter so when we are the word is just if you will if you if we can't have discussion is just information mm-hmm that is an idea it's an idea it's a thought it's a thought it's all that right it's 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 the dna of what is our world if you want to say it that way mm-hmm. I, that's how i don't know why i just thought about it that way but that's interesting because dna is what makes us who we are just as the, if you will the dna of what makes everything what it is in our world the plants the animals all what nature is and its true identity is information manifest and and composed in the DNA you know the the structures that keeps everything in tune with Dude. the this is totally getting meta and no it is because I just I just realized I'm like yeah that makes sense DNA is our human code it's it's how we're encoded with how how tall you are what you're allergic to skin tone I mean there's so much that we can learn so much about someone from their DNA yeah and it's what connects us to our ancestry which plug plug I'm taking the ancestry test <laughs> if they want to sponsor yeah. us or whatever but I'm, I'm legitimate I just got it today for my coworker. I got it for like 70 bucks yeah and just you know you spit in it and you're able to they're able to extract your dna which then connects to everyone in the system however they do all that scientific stuff but that's interesting if you think about that okay well yeah because the beginning part when you said that the idea or that the word is becoming essentially becoming coming to life right or it's it has Turning to take, on. It has to take form, right? It has to no longer just be an idea, no longer just be a thought, mm-hmm. but it actually, in the in the light of Christ, it actually took human form. And it right. Lived, and it lived, that idea lived amongst us, walks, walked among the, amongst, amongst us. A good way that my barber put it... <laughs> It's random, right? My barber put it. No, but I, know, I don't yeah. want it to escape my thoughts. No, but yeah. he says, 
the way he put it was God the Father is God above us, and then God the Son is God amongst us, hmm. and the Holy Spirit would be God within us. I like that. So it's just taking different mm-hmm. forms or just taking manifestations. Manifestations, yeah. But what came to mind too was that I actually need to start sending you the messages or the teachings. Uh, I know I mentioned him before, but it was R.C. Sproul. He was a renowned theologian, teacher, speaker. Um, he actually studied philosophy, which I learned, and I was like, whoop, I got to connect him with Gabe. But recently he was talking about the, this is going back to the idea of the word taking form. He was talking about one of the translations for faith or within scripture, talking about faith or coming um, coming oh, to Christ. Sorry. It was written in our hearts. It was written in our hearts? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that simmer. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So- so the way he was, he was actually uh, going into the Greek translation or the Greek definitions of what was written as far as um, coming to Christ or coming to faith in Christ. And he was different, differentiating between our English translation, our current modern translation, and the actual original text that was written in, in Greek. Um, he's, he says it actually coming into Christ that that's the place where faith kind of takes form or mm-hmm. takes hold in us. That's where we're transformed. That's where the renewal process in our minds takes place when we're coming into Christ. And then that, that whole notion, that whole idea, I don't know if you, how much you, you've um, studied that. I was about to say a pun, but dived into it right? in terms of <laughs> baptism right right that the idea of baptism is being completely submerged right and the word picture is how that you would dye clothing so in order to dye a white cloth you know you'd have to submerge that piece of cloth completely completely into the the dye in order for the the coloring to take place where it was no longer white. It was no longer, you know, different color. Once it was completely submerged, it actually became that very thing that it was deep diving into, I guess. Right. Right. In our our way. But essentially we're doing the same thing with Christ, with the renewal process, renewing of our mind, being transformed, um, coming to faith. Mm hmm. You know the process of faith, faith taking hold in our lives, and hearing hearing the word. At least for me, that's like the word picture of of faith. But yes, I do. I know something that you said just triggered with the whole RC Sproul thing. But anyways, go back to your thought that you were. Trying well, to I mean, it's definitely interesting to think that. I mean. Water is so prevalent in scripture that obviously the living water and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about the word and, 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 and there's obviously the emphasis of it being spoken, the spoken word. 
and it's the living word, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's also described as li- it's also described as the living word, and then I, it just came to mind about how is it the law that was written in our written on our hearts for for all of man to know, or or something to that effect? That something was written, like we were wired that way. To I know, have it in our hearts. To have in our hearts, so that it's been written for us to know, for all men, for all of humanity to know. I, okay. for, I forget the exact. Yeah, well, that, for me anyway, that... Uh, right? I mean, I might be wrong a little no, bit. No, no, you're not wrong. The The scripture that takes, that, that it takes me to, would be Psalm 119. Ooh, I'm almost there. So there's a lot of psalms. <laughs> that's the big psalm. That's the one nineteen is the, the longest. That's the longest psalm. Yeah. Okay, I'm there. So Psalm one nineteen. Oh my goodness. And I guess we can start. Who walked in the law of the Lord? Okay. Okay, so let me. I, I mean, I want to get to verse. I'll I'll just read it. Yeah, yeah. Or unless you want to read it. What which which where is that? It's, uh, Psalm one nineteen, verse one. Oh, okay. You want me to go? Right. You got it, brother. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with the whole heart. They also do not do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So that one of the things that come to mind for mm-hmm. um, keeping God's word in our hearts and how, I guess allowing that to formulate within us our thoughts and allowing it to cultivate or to challenge. I guess, yeah, just challenge our thoughts, our way of thinking, our way of life. Um yeah, it's just yeah, it's just. That's one of the things that when you mentioned that came to mind mm-hmm. as far as um, God's word or God's law being being written within us or taking life within us or grabbing hold of of yeah, of our lives of our hearts. But I mean, I don't know what. Well, no, I just I just you think would take from that. I was just thinking that you know if. if if we're able to make the case that the imagination 
takes hold in the heart and that the word here is taking hold in the heart also right mm. basically essentially and that so the word of god i know it's going to sound strange but comes from our imagination coming it comes from our heart our yeah our imagination yeah the things that are but not that it's because i think people would think of imagination as like not real mm-hmm I think imagination, because the reason this is interesting because I was re- I've been reading mentioned I was been reading the dream uh, interpretation of dreams by Sigmund Freud. Freud, yeah. And they talked about how in the dream state, which to me imagination and dreams are very similar in 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 the sense that we're able to extend beyond what we're able to experience here in our wake state waking or or, yeah our our wake state and it allows us to explore beyond outside of time and space in a sense because god does exist outside of time and space right and i think that it's interesting how we get what was it oh and then they and and the section was talking about the morality of dreams and how people there's that saying of i wouldn't dream of it of doing what it is that they would do in their dream or you know what i mean like they wouldn't imagine doing that i wouldn't dream of it and it's just so interesting how someone was telling me they're gonna go visit the sistine chapel as i say it and that the what's the finger thing? God and Adam. <laughs> the finger <mean>. thing. <laughs> real, real, real quick, I don't want to jump on your thought. No, no, it's okay. The reference that you're referring to, as far as uh, God's law or God's word being written in our hearts, it's Hebrews eight ten. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Mm-hmm. So that. Sounds familiar. In their mind and their hearts, yeah. To. Yeah. I think that's in the, also in the Old Testament. Yeah. But it, that makes sense that within uh, God's covenant with Israel, with the people of Israel, that he's making it clear you're going to be a separate people, a different people, people that right. I do not have the same... <laughs> agreement with or covenant with or um, relationship with it would make sense that he he was really trying to get at get to the bottom of things right and become an essential part or essential component to their hearts to their minds and how they were going to go about life how they were going to go about justice how are they going to go about love and Everything that entails within a society, right? Because we're going to be—that's the, in reality or in essence, that's the that's when holiness holiness takes place, or that's the thing behind holiness is that we're to be separate, or we were to be—I don't know if unique is the right word, but we're supposed to be set aside, set apart from the norm, 
the mm-hmm. norm that we see in culture, the norm that we see in society, the norms of of uh, norms or culture, norms of, of what's socially accepted or, I mean, we see it so much today, right? Politically speaking, so, socially speaking, what's okay, what's not okay. and I think specifically it is social. More than political, more than cultural. It's been politicized. Definitely. But I think it, it, I think we need to lean heavily on, on the social. I think mm-hmm. that's the right way. Isn't that what this whole conversation, this whole podcast is about? Yes. Absolutely, sir. <laughs> no, I, def- I mean, I think, I think we blur the lines too much. And I think it's important, and I'm glad you said it, because it's important for us to be aware of that and more conscious of that and, and make it so that we can div- divide, if you will, separate and delineate that. Yeah, and because it, there's 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 different differences to it. Yeah, and, and it's important to point that out. Yeah, and I think even with within the church or within people that are Christians, it's really easy to read the Bible, something in the Old Testament, and think that's really archaic. Mm-hmm. With mind you, yeah, they're 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 probably accurate in some sense as far as. Culturally, that's not something that we practice in the West in 2019. But I think we're selling ourselves short. We're falling short. Or we're selling ourselves short of what is behind the meaning of that story or that custom, that practice. What was God trying to communicate by saying, hey, I know the Egyptians did it this way. The Philistines do it this way. The other Canaanites do it this way. The mm-hmm. whoever else they do it this way, but I'm letting you know. I'm giving you some insight as to why it's not good to commit adultery, right. why it's not good to covet, why it's not good to you know what have you. I think, like I said, in today's day and age, it's really easy to overlook some stuff and be like, "Why? That's a weird thing. That's a weird law. Why? You know?" But since like we're learning about the Sabbath, that rest is very essential to the human human body, the human life. Right. Being able to shut things down for one day out of the week and prepare yourself for the rest of the week, the week to come. Uh, that's something that we overlook, right? We overlook in today's culture, today's society. And I think it's un- it's unfair or, or inaccurate to say for, you know, to object to that point. You know, people say it's irrelevant or, you know, we don't practice that anymore. That's us in certain geographic areas, especially if you live in a farmland or what is it? Farmland area? Mm-hmm. Rural. Rural. That would be more true to them than it would be to us who are in the city. And then yeah. think about the rest of the world, where most of the world still probably lives. It's third world, yeah. Right. They live in these very similar circumstances that you would find in Scripture, I think, I would imagine. Where they're herding sheep and they're, you know, tilling the soil and they're reaping what they sow and things like that. I think for the most part, that's still going to be the case. Yeah. All food comes from 
farms. Whatever and, you're growing, whatever you're cultivating, yes, whatever you're raising. And obviously with the discussion about climate change and things like that and production and, you know, corporatism and all these different things, that's kind of uh, for this for the point for this point is, is not relevant because we have separate separated ourselves from true nature in a lot of ways. That nature needs to rest. That nature needs to rest. That we overindulge ourselves, like I did today at Korean barbecue. <laughs> plug another plug. <laughs> another plug. Korean barbecue sponsors. <laughs> you know, it's a saying. <laughs> and it's it's fascinating that we we preach to our fellow man what is righteous for the climate and for what have you. You know, with the pollution and other things, renewable energies, when what we're looking at is to continue to produce and make things is what we're doing. The more and more reliance on tech. Exactly. Instead of saying, and, and actually I was having this thought earlier, and how conservative that sounds to me is how do we save the earth? Well, that sounds like conservatism. A conserve approach. Yes. Pun on a word. I know it's totally mm. pun on a word, but it's so true. That means something else, man. They're trying to conserve <laughs> what it is that exists. They're trying to keep it from getting worse. Hmm. Isn't that what conservatives are trying to do? <laughs> to keep things, socially speaking, from getting worse? Uh, That's a total stretch, but it might make sense to some people. Just saying. Well... I know that kind of went off the rails a little bit. No, it's it's uh, definitely true. But in, in terms of conserving, conserving what what's worked for thousands of years, yeah, there is something to it. Right? Thousands. In regards, right? In regards to to like you're saying, it's not just pollution. It's not just climate change. But you could look at it with uh, how much processed food we eat nowadays and how in america the poorest people are usually the least healthy people also you know you're not going to find in other countries and other parts of the world the poorest people they're not going to be overweight like how we are here you know here and now (laughs) (laughs) right like that's like that's a thing that oh even the gosh. poorest people yeah. in America you can use your wick overweight. You can use your EBT card at fast food and liquor stores and whatever else. Because yeah, because we want access to. Well, not just that, but we, in our own understanding, we've come to a place where it's like I have the answers to solve this problem within my own righteousness. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to do this? I'm going to take away somebody else's hard-earned money and spend it on. The less fortunate. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. That that's just yeah. our that's our application to solve the problem. Right. I'm not saying it's not a worthy problem to solve, or it's not a problem that we shouldn't be addressing. Those are obviously yes, we should be mindful of the poor. We should be mindful of the less fortunate, the needy. But to say, I have the answers to do this, and I'm not going to listen to anybody else on how to do this mm-hmm. that's a very arrogant approach it's a very and i think that's 
an arrogant approach for anyone who has faith or who doesn't have faith. Right. Anyone who operates in that space, that mindset is is always going to have the wrong solutions or, or it turn out to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we are very limited and insufficient and all these different things about us that we lack information that we talked about on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We understand why it's so important to listen to those who may know something we don't because they all have access to information that we are privy of if you will it's classified (laughs) but if we are able to communicate in a way to allow them to share that with us even if we think some parts of it are incorrect but just those little nuggets of information that we can take with us and cultivate and and like you know you go around the strawberry field and you pick the good berries mm-hmm. again information again it goes back L- listening listening that's you know f- there's a lot here i'm trying to like contain this <laughs> it's all like, good. i'm like i feel like i'm gonna go like that's okay let me try and steer this a little bit uh kind of cheesy but <laughs> this is something that if you grew up in church or you had any kind of uh, familiarity with church christianese that's like that's my wife would once put it christianese. christianese have you heard of the acronym that the bible stands for that bible stands for yeah believe in am i right there no oh can you give me a, a, the first word basic Basic information. Basic instructions. Ah. Oh, basic instructions. Believe. (laughs) (laughs) Just go. (laughs) Going back to believe. But, uh, I mean, uh, I guess, yeah, belief would be a key component in that. But anyways, really cheesy dad joke section. Uh, The acronym is basic instructions before leaving Earth. Oh, yeah. I've heard heard that. that? But I just... I've heard it, but I don't obviously remember it. Yeah, basic instructions before leaving Earth. So, yeah, so that's one of the acronyms. That's one of the point of views that I heard growing up. That This is what the Bible stands for. And this is why the Bible is important, kids. You know, And then the music starts. (laughs) Yeah, someone's on the guitar. But uh, no, I mean, there's there's definitely... uh, some, some truth to some that. Some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we were just on it, but I, I can't I can't help but go back to Psalm 119. Um, I know we were just there earlier, but just go back there really quick. As far as the, going back to the Bible, the significance or how it plays such a vital role in the believer's life, you know, to to just being able to get through life and um, just having an understanding of like we were talking about law earlier, the law that God gave the Israelites for how to navigate through the world, how to be separate, how to be holy and to be defined differently. Um, but one of the, the verses that comes to mind that kind of encapsulates that idea is Psalm 119, verse 105, and it says, 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. So, yeah, it's going to be the guiding light or it's going to be... Which is a great, great show, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a soap opera I used to watch with my grandma. The guy oh, it's, a so, it's a soap opera? It, I think it stopped on... Off, uh, they ended it. It was on Channel 2. Anyways. Oh, it's a, it's a yeah. daytime soap? Yeah. It's a good show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the guy, it was called The Guiding Light. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as far as being a believer... Being somebody that is reading the word, it's growing, it would make sense that that aspect of the Bible is going to be something in our lives that, I guess a compass, that's what we put it, mm-hmm. to navigate through through all things. Um, that's just one of the verses that comes to mind for me. That Which is interesting that, interesting that Peterson calls his first book Maps of Meaning. Mm-hmm. navigation the stories we tell ourselves the what is it when wine stein brett mm-hmm. when he talks about something false truth something something gosh this, i'm gonna re- listen to this and it's gonna frustrate me <laughs> he talks about how we tell ourselves like kind of like half truths in a sense, where if you know you take a shower and you go outside in the cold, you're gonna get sick. Mm, you get a cold. You're gonna get a cold. But it wasn't that. That was the truth. It was the spirit of the truth of that fable right. that we told ourselves. It right. did keep us from getting sick and getting the cold. It just wasn't exactly that reason. It was something else. I forget exactly what it was, but you know the porcupine. If you if it. it it will throw its pins at you or its spikes. It's actually, it hits you. So if you stay far away from it, far away enough from it, it won't ever actually physically touch you. It's not going to affect you. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that it throws it at you, but if you know that it's going to, if you believe that it's going to throw its hmm. spikes at you, then you'll stay far enough away that it will never actually get close enough to spat, you know, get that tail on you or whatever it is. I don't know why I said that, but the point <laughs> Well, in what you're saying. Right. Well, I think what, what comes to mind for me is, yeah, it's, again, going back to how much of Scripture are we going to allow to affect us mm-hmm. in our lives? Right. It, it makes sense why if, um, I don't know if I shared this with you already, and I'm trying to remember where I got it from. I can't recall, but in essence, uh, when it comes to the scripture, when it talks about being lukewarm, Mm. oh, and how he says, because you're you're neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out. You know, there's just no, there's no, there's nothing satisfying about something or someone that's lukewarm. Meaning, you are neither for nor against. Correct. You're one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. So essentially, um, I'm 
again, I'm trying to remember who I heard it from, but essentially the idea is that so for some that that aren't totally submerged, as we were saying earlier, submerged into the Word of God, submerged into the things of God, they're going to get to the point where they have too much of the world in them mm-hmm. to not be able to enjoy the things of God or and vice versa. There's too much of God's truth in them that they can't enjoy the things of the world. So there's no satisfaction, essentially. There's nothing... There's nothing there that's being gratified one way or, or another because it's too it's too intermixed for there to be any kind of wholeness or com- a level of completeness for them to, to to navigate through. I don't know if that's that's what I thought of when what, with what you just said because yeah, I just thought of right oh yeah that makes sense being lukewarm why. He says he's going to spit you out. Okay, I'm a little confused. So, being lukewarm, meaning you're neither here neither there. No, but meaning you're neither for nor against. That either you, you're kind of, what is it? What? On the fence. Yeah. About your faith, let's say. Or like Jesus would say, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. Okay, perfect. Now you said that if you are, if you have too much of the world, you can't appreciate the truth of faith, or you can't appreciate faith, but then if you have too much faith, you can't appreciate the world. Right. I'm confused on that part. Okay. So... I guess you can replace it with good and evil. Okay. If you have too much good, you can't appreciate evil? You can't get intermixed with evil and endorse evil. Okay. Or, better put, you yeah, you can't... If you believe in doing good, you're not going to have any room to appreciate evil or to use evil to your advantage. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. Kind of. I think I'm missing the connection to the lukewarm part. To being lukewarm? Yeah. So, so the, the lukewarm part, I mean, I guess we can go to it. <laughs> you're, making me, you're making me go to it, Gabe. <laughs> it's fine. I'm Maybe. leading the witness. No, no, you need the, you need the, Context, I guess, right? Yeah, just that. I think that'd be helpful. So that's actually from the Book of Revelation. Ooh, I can't wait to get there. For like twenty years from now. <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends, right? I mean, if we're. If we're using reconnect time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Stay here for a while, folks. I mean, we gotta gotta give some appreciation for the in-depth conversations. Yeah. It's just a hard thing to manage. Like, how do you know when to go, when to not go? You know, like, chapter by chapter, book by book. It's just so much in everything. 
honestly, little phrase and word and yeah. verse and honestly that's Ooh. something that at least from what I've learned because church or Bible studies they're gonna cover what they cover but for you and your own you can't go to church every day that's insane so for you you have to some way somehow incorporate either reading mm-hmm. scripture or you're listening to a podcast that's covering a certain you know, it could be topical like you said it could be verse by verse but it's something that yeah you're not going to get everything you want mm-hmm. out of a bible study i mean some people might but if you have an interest or you want to deep dive then you ha- kind of have to go on your own at some point which is i'm preferable yeah, I think for most people, because either Bible Bible studies are Bible studying or preaching sermon is going to give you uh, insight. It's going to give you an understanding to an extent, but really, it's up to you to apply, right? Whatever you're listening to. Uh, so, really quick, um, this is Revelation three, and it, uh, it starts off with these are the words of Christ. So it's these are uh, some of it's prophetic. Um, but he's addressing churches at the time, mm-hmm. the time was, this book was written. And each church represents, it's funny, we're just talking about it. But each church each church represents a different culture, different um, groups of people. Mm-hmm. Some were a little bit more committed, a little bit more devoted to their faith. Some weren't. So... Um, Towards the end of chapter three, uh, he's talking to um, the churches. So this mm-hmm. is one of the churches that he's referring to. This is uh, verse fourteen, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Hopefully, I said that right. Right, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, <laughs> blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That you may be rich, and white garments. That you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve. Salve. That you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. And he with me. To whom, to to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, I mean, it would be a lot for us to get into, but essentially he's telling them the truth that is in you, Graze the darkness that is that is in you. You're, you're being blinded by your... Where is that at? The, the great is your darkness? Yeah. Uh, I really like that one, too. I like the dark stuff. 
Is that just makes for, me happy? Is that just for scripture? Or is that just like everything in general? Uh it's interesting. <laughs> I think I think for both. For both, okay. I don't know why I asked you that. <laughs> that made you think. No, but uh, the verse that we're referring to is Matthew six twenty three. Uh, these are Jesus's words. Actually, let me go to. Ooh, this is actually talking about what we're talking about. Yes, bingo. So it goes into. I'll start with verse seventeen. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in secret, in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So in other words, God and money. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Not of more value than they. Hmm. Actually, that's that's a trip. It just connected so many things that we were talking yeah. about, and so many. Yeah. Well, the awesome. the that was perfect. <laughs> Talk about being guided, right? Yeah. That the birds being fed, and would God not feed you? Yeah. There was a a woman at this conference who felt as though she was not worthy, more worthy than the birds. Ah. Because of all the crap that happened to her in her life. Yeah. You know, growing up with her father in prison and her mother committing suicide and her being uh, essentially essentially molested by her cousin and, you know, just that the darkness that yeah. took hold of her. And she said that when she read that or somehow or another, you know, her family read and went to church and all that, her grandma was mm-hmm. wouldn't make them go to church on Sundays. Well... Made it that they had to go. Yeah. And when she brought that up, you know, she's like, I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was more worthy than the birds. That's how she felt as a child. And like, she obviously she's getting emotional about it. And I, and I was like, oh, you know, chokes you up because. It's a lot to take in. It's yeah. a lot. And this is, you know, the conference, the conference was around uh, child informed or uh, trauma informed care for, you know, children and all that. But. Yeah, that's just a crazy thought, you know, to think that a, a young woman would feel less worthy. And it took her some time to feel that worthiness. And, you know, she's a believer and that's her faith is strong. And, and it, it and it over time, it heals, but it doesn't go away, obviously. Yeah. You know, there's that part of it. But 
there's a lot there, right? Because we talked about the lukewarm and then talked about serving two gods, right? Two masters. Two masters, yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff here. Because that, you just said about, um, that goes into Saturday in chapter, or rule nine, about how memory is essentially given to us, or it's purposefulness or it's usefulness for us, is to learn from the past. It's yeah. not to glorify the past. It's not to elevate the past and totally forget about the present and the future. But in order to have the present or the future in mind, we do have to look back at what worked, what didn't work, what was right, what was wrong, and allow that to inform, inform our decision making. Because, yeah, because the imagination, right, will take hold, will take place. And it might in some aspects for some people. I mean, it's interesting because it's talking to everybody. It means everybody's right. Everybody's um, being hot or cold or lukewarm. But, or having darkness, right? We all have that. But it's interesting how when we recall those things and if those things haven't been those things haven't been taken captive like it says, bring every thought captive you know and submitting it to god's authority to the, to the knowledge of christ you know, essentially having the, the the perspective or the lens is always christ with mm-hmm. our darkness our being hot or cold whatever our sinful nature right we're not going to be able to navigate to that we're always just going to be stuck being we're always going to be lukewarm and i think honestly that was me for a little while yeah what I think about, you know, hot and cold, lukewarm is I think about decision making and how nonchalant I kind of lived life in a sense. Mm. And, you know, what is it? The the winds being carried, you know, to and fro and yeah. knowledge will increase. And I think that was kind of me for a, for a while for, in a sense. And I think having doing my doing whatever whatever I can possible to live by faith by what I hear that has and then you know what is it to tell the truth or at least don't lie and listening to others because they may know something I don't all that right goes together what when it forces you to do is make a decision take a position have a a strong enough opinion about whatever it is and i think sometimes we we are fervently in disagreement with let's say certain social norms Mm -hmm. especially now where where we are today you know the climate change discussion and i don't know if you saw the parade and they're out there in the streets Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of just this celebration of whatever they're celebrating whatever that is and you see all these different instances of sexual assault and rape and and perversion and it's like how long has that been happening how long has that been the shadows in the darkness in the dark and finally the light was shown and and the truth came out right and all that which 
Peterson talked about, who was it? Jung? Jung? Said mm-hmm. that all people's mistakes are your mistakes. To mm. take upon the sins of the world. So all that happens out there. And, and I was thinking about this today too. Is that like. Everyone I see in Skid Road. Or, or who whoever we see out. You know. Walking around without a shelter. And, and family. And, and you know. The basic needs. I was thinking like. They need the truth. Not my truth, but the truth. Yeah. And I thought, well, that means I need to focus on the truth. Mm. Because they've all been lied to. And that's why they are in the position they are now. Because of the lies they told themselves and the lies that people told them. This is a long strong out thought and it's kind of all over the place but I forgot where I started <laughs> but I think it's just so fascinating how we <sighs> something I got it I lost it it's gone anyways alright maybe it'll come back but what, no, what, what are your what it, what it brings to mind for yeah. me or, or how I'm able to appreciate the gospel this whole notion of god and christ and everything that it entails oh yeah lukewarm that's where i started okay um is that we all have a choice yeah that no matter what if there's still life in that person there's still some consciousness i guess you can still make a choice. Mm-hmm. You still have the power of free choice. And I don't know. I don't know if everybody reach. I don't think they do, I guess. I don't think everybody reaches that same level or everybody has that same level of capacity or, or threshold to understand or to... Um, have a level of faith mm-hmm. per se but I know that in the Bible it's going to say faith comes through he- the hearing of the word so if we do expose ourselves to God's truth to God's word then what would follow is if there's a genuineness behind hearing it or being open to it we're going to bless you we're going yeah. to be we're going to be exposed to God's truth and we're going to be because of that, we're going to be transformed. We're going to be affected by these words that he's saying. So in, in my notes, I'm thinking of, uh, really quick, John six sixty three, And it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Mm-hmm. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Spirit life. Yeah. So, right, these are... These are truths. These are things that are going to bring us life. They're going to bring us closer to God. But in essence, we're again going back to the creation process. There's things that are going on in the unseen world that 
I, I do believe eventually they are reflected in the outside world, in the physical world. You're just talking about Skid Row. Yeah. And I don't think people just one day wake up and say to themselves, I'm going to be homeless today. That's not how it works. There's obviously different factors for different some people. You think some people just wake, they have a job, they're mentally stable, they're not addicted to anything, and they just wake up one day and say, No. I'm going to live in my car and I'm going to leave everything behind. Oh, I see you're saying. No, yeah, no, no. It's no, a process. Not, not like that. Yeah, yeah. There's an internal process that's mm-hmm. going on, you know, in, in the faith aspect. There's hot and cold that's happening every day where we're going one way or another. We're going down the the narrow way or the the broad way, right? Broadway. <laughs> you are that musical. <laughs> What's that song? It's a great song, by the way. Anywho. But, but yeah, the, I mean, I'm just uh, regurgitating some of the verses that came to mind with with what we're talking about. But going back to God's word and, and its effectiveness in our lives in the darkness or in us being hot or cold and not, and not making up our minds. But once we do choose or once we do allow ourselves to be influenced by God's word, um, directed or directed guided. Another verse that came to mind for me that I wrote down was Hebrews four twelve, And it says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So there's nothing, there's nothing out there that's going to penetrate us or affect us, submerge, like we were saying about, submerge us into God's truth like... His word. Mm-hmm. His word will. Reminds me of the pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah. And, you know, kind of a spinoff from that. And and I just thought it was interesting that you were talking about... I, mean, I know you just used it as an example. Skid Row. But even in, in that level of... Oblivion, of loss, of darkness... Um... I mean, spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, we can all get to that point. And I don't know if that's what you were alluding to, too, a little bit, as far as whatever thing you can imagine somebody else doing, whatever thing in the news that we hear that, oh, my goodness, they committed this crime and it's heinous. And and the reality is, right, going back to darkness, that we're all connected Mm-hmm. Is the truth of the matter is that we're all capable of these things. Just because you saw it in the news, just because you think somebody else, only they are capable of doing that. Only that type of person, again, that's believing the lie. That's not operating in truth. That, like Peterson says, right? You, you yourself could have been that guard in the gulag or that officer in the concentration camps in Auschwitz. Right. More than likely you wouldn't be the because hero. You're a yeah. hum- because you're a human and that other person was a human that was a guard. Guess what? We're Like you said, we're linked. We're, we're fully capable of doing that. Which is what we... It reminds me of the discussion we were having on Saturday about how it took... It takes one voice 
to stand up and and mm-hmm. take down Soviet Russia to bring peace to the conflict between in- India and England, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All these people we kind of, in a sense, idolize. These figures, yep. And and how important how important it is to speak truth with love and how we allow love to flow in and through us to stand and, and only it it doesn't need us to validate it stands on its own right which is all that right we've talked about the word and luke and warm right or um hot and cold that's all i think in embedded in this and how we are capable of of standing up to yeah and 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 I, and I know that as long as we abide by and and are faithful to God, we will be protected. Hmm. And it, it reminds me of the discussion that Peterson's having about Abraham or Abram before he turned he, before his name was changed to Abraham, which mm-hmm. is an interesting notion changing of, the, of yeah changing our identity, right? Renewal of the mind. And he talked about how at 75, it talked about how at 75 years of age, God told Abram to leave your kindred, your, like, basically your town, your your family, everything that you know, because what you know isn't enough. Everything that defined you. Everything that defined you, your, your, the security, your, your, kind of your, your, what is it? the habits that you had, all that you had before, you must leave it to go out to the unknown mm-hmm. on an adventure to a land that I will show you, something like that, right? Right. Which reminds me of the discussion in Peterson, I think last last chapter, or last rule was, when you participate in new activities, it turns on DNA. Right. Which goes back to the renewal and all that. There's other elements yeah. that are, like, uh, there are parts of you that have not been turned on. If that you are, will, they're in there. Yeah. That are in there that exist that are void of the light, having come to life. Yes, that have yet to come to life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. I had to write that down because I want to make sure because it was reminding me we were kept talking. I feel like we were being we were alluding it to. It, Alluding to it, and it kept springing up on my mind. So I was like, "Oh, I really want to yeah. bring that up because I think it's so fascinating how we don't allow ourselves to move forth, uh, move forth. What's that word? Courageously. That we choose to stay where we are." What, where we know what what is that we know the people and, and the places and and it's it's just that's what we connect or we attach ourselves to because to go out and venture is to confront the unknown and and the chaos and that is exactly where we need to go but we avoid it at all costs you're talking about proverbs 3 aren't you absolutely Am I? Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Boom. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with first fruits and all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There it is. <laughs> Couldn't set up better myself. <laughs> and uh, it, it alluded to tithing. In giving, there, yeah, giving a, a stance of appreciation, right? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, which was before an actual Thanksgiving. It's so funny how we take so much from scripture and don't even realize. We just think it's hey man, it's my idea. I came up with it. Thanksgiving or, happened when the pilgrims and the Indians ate and what do you turkey and what do you think the pilgrims believed in, right? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> it's a new religion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But no, yeah, there, there's definitely... We're taking the census in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Was there not a census throughout the Exodus? Mm-hmm. Was it throughout Exodus, right? Yeah. Number, that's why there's a book of numbers. Wow, bro. Talking about math here? <laughs> Blowing your mind, man. <laughs> there's, there's no, what is it? Is it? I forget. Not Solomon. Was it Solomon? No. There's nothing new under the sun? It's Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that... That came to mind too with what we're talking about for um what we just read in Proverbs, leaning on your understanding and having uh having a blessing because we're essentially being transformed or we're relying on God's truth. Um going back to again, going back to the word or going back to um the idea that we're trusting in God. Uh, and how God's word affects us or how God's word has an impact on us. In John chapter 15, uh, this is what he says. And we'll start with, I guess I'll start with verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So just the idea that within that process, the renewal process, within the idea of abiding in God's word, we're being cleansed, in essence. Part of the renewal process is, yeah, we're, we're being transformed and all that darkness, all that lukewarmness, so to speak, all that is, is yeah, it's, at one point it took life within us or it took form within us, mm-hmm. but essentially it's his words, it's him that's going to make us white as snow. Like it, like it says in another verse, I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But um. it it's interesting because now that I think about it, lukewarm and leaning on your under no, not to lean on your own understanding, not to lean on your own understanding. Meaning, what I'm taking from that is stagnation, complacency, mm-hmm. and then that leads to decay. Right. And chaos and all that. But to fall, to to allow God to guide your path, 
Mm-hmm. We got to keep going, basically. You got to keep your eyes. What is it? I forget how you say it now. Keep your eyes above the something, something horizon, right? Above the horizon? Is it that? Am I totally making something, something? like that? I'm sure there's something in there about that. Yeah. In the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible. It's Jesus, like it's Moses? <laughs> something. Old Testament, New Testament. But no, yeah, I, I, it's one of the things I wrote down. Um, going back to the word being like a two edged sword. Right, yeah. Is that it cuts through not just the lies that we've accepted, but the imaginations, the, the my truths that we've come up with mm-hmm. about ourselves, and that God's truth, God's word is going to expose us for who we are, what we are, and it's going to not just reveal his truth, but it's going to reveal ourselves to ourselves. I don't know how, I don't yeah. know there's a better way to put that, yeah. but yeah, there's essentially part of the renewal process, the repentance process is understanding I was leaning on my own understanding and I was going about things my own way. So God's truth comes into light, right? Like, I don't know if you remember the story of the rich young ruler who said, Lord, I've I've kept all the commandments. He's telling Jesus, I've kept all the commandments. I've kept all the laws. What else do I need to do? And Jesus starts challenging him. Well, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then he says, I've already done those things. I've, you know, I've, what else do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus essentially told him, you need to sell all your possessions and give them to the poor and follow me. And that was, that's when the young, rich young ruler turned away. That's what he couldn't, he couldn't grasp with the idea, mm. right? Because again, it goes back to serving two masters, God or money. He couldn't do away with that part of his life and expose him. He thought he understood. He thought he had it right. He thought he was doing good by saying, I've already done all these good things. I kind of, to me anyway, kind of alludes to like, no, there were some things that he still needed to work on. that Christ was hinting at and he was still not. He hadn't addressed them yet and he was going about his life. Or his interaction with Christ as though he did. Mm-hmm. And so he's pushing, he's resisting. And so now Jesus is resisting back or he's challenging back. And so he got to the point. So now, again, it's cutting through whatever thing he has built up in his own imagination. He's cutting. Jesus was cutting through the part of his life that was my truth. Or that was my you know understanding. And it got to the bottom of things, right? Got to the bottom of it and it was... Christ or money and the young man couldn't he couldn't reconcile with the truth that Jesus was saying and his truth Mm. obviously and there's a there's a lack of humility right because you're saying I already did did these nice things God already yeah I already fulfilled the law in essence to that capacity right but didn't practice love in a sense right correct and that reminds me of about that reminds me of the part in John, I believe, when he's when Jesus says to I forget who about you know stand behind me, Satan. Get, oh, that get was behind me, Satan. About when like is is are you gonna bring are you gonna bring um, heaven to earth now? 
that part of it, right? Isn't that the... Well... We were talking to somebody about how... Oh, are you going to now... Is now is the time to, you're going to bring heaven on earth? Yeah, well, he's talking to... That part, the first part you were mentioning, he's talking to Peter. There you go. That's uh, in... Because God, or Jesus knows the true intentions of man. Knows our heart. Correct? Yes. Well, before that, he starts talking about... Um, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I know the verse you're talking about. Yeah. Because later on, he... or. Uh, Matthew 16 verse 20 and he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ for that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far far it far be it from you Lord this shall not happen to you but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come to the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, these are some standing. there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. I know that doesn't totally get to the verse that you're yeah, talking no, about. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, that's basically... Fulfilling yeah. the king or... Yeah, I, I think I have to look it up. I could look it up. You sure? Yeah. Well, I I, I, just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, do, do you have any other notes, thoughts, Mister Mister Game? Well, the the reason I brought that up was because it's Matthew sixteen twenty three. Ah. Uh. And it says. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. That's six, Matthew 16, 23? What version is that? NASB. Oh, okay. I have. I'm, I read it out of uh, New King. New King says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Yes. So I think NASB just kind of expands on it. More. So yeah, that that he was able to see the true intentions of he Peter. was seeing right through him. Yeah, yeah, and it's that truth again, right? That that cuts through. Yes, and is able to discern. That's where the discernment comes into place, right? Yeah, and a, being able to know because again, it's been written, creator, finisher, and author of our faith. Correct? Is that mm -hmm. is that what it said? Right. Mm -hmm. So. Again, it's, it's, and then that brings up the whole conversation around, uh, free will. That's still, that's still the case. We choose, 
either right or wrong. That's They're, that's never going to change. That's our common denominator, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> because without true sacrifice, meaning a willingness to let go of what we have, that story you just talked about, the young rich, rich man. Young, rich young ruler, huh? What the young? What is it? Rich young ruler. Rich young ruler. Let me look for it. It's in Luke, Mark. It should be yeah. So it's in Mark, and he was not willing to sacrifice. Essentially, mm-hmm. like truly sacrifice. So Mark ten. Dude, that's funny that we're talking about this, and we. It brings to mind for me anyway, Abraham and Lot. You know, earlier we were talking about mm-hmm. going, we keep going forward because of technology, but we're not looking back at how life was intended or how human, what human life was, uh, daily life was intended. Like you were saying about cultivating our own food or growing our own food. And if you look at the difference between Abraham and Lot, and how Abraham understood that if you go to the city, you're going to be influenced by the city and mm-hmm. everything that entails. You're going to have it a lot easier. Life's going to be a lot easier in terms of provisions, in terms of life. Life is just going to get easier. But he chose to be out in the foothills. He chose to be out outside of the city limits, city the boundaries of the city. Because he didn't want to be influenced and he understood that his provision or his needs were being met by by God alone. He didn't want to give anything else credit, so to speak. It was just him and God and he didn't want to go down that road, go down that path like his nephew. I'm seeing I'm seeing the connection. You're not seeing the that's the connection. Sorry, I because I, we're talking about the young, the rich young ruler, and, and then you connect that with the verse you're looking up now. Actually, I, I found something else. Go for it. It says, "So Jesus said to him, and this is in Mark ten eighteen. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God.'" You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth, right? Mm-hmm. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. There's another element of taking up the cross. Sacrifice. Yeah. Burden. Carry that burden. Carry the sin. Mm -hmm. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Gosh, this is a really good one. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, 
with men it is impossible, but not with God. For God, all things are possible. This is a really good, rich one. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the story you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think going back to not being humble, this is when Peter chimes in and says, See, we have left and all we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Mm. There's a lot of good stuff in this one. Yeah. Mark is a good one. It's a good one. Because <laughs> it picked up your cross. For with God, all things are possible. The last are first. The camel has a better chance of getting through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Where did this all start from? This conversation? The beginning. Ah! The word? Get it? The word? Yeah. And the word was with God. And the word it was God. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said the same, right? I was with... How's it go? I was, w- I was in the beginning. I was there in the beginning. He says that? Right? Are you talking about John 1? I mean... Are you talking about... One of the exhortations he makes. Um, I don't remember. Isaiah? No. From the time that it was, I was there, and now, and now the Lord God and His Spirit have sent me. Where's that? Isaiah 48. Hmm. This might be. Right? Is it I was the light or something uh, or another? Am I mixing I might be mixing things up. But it has to do with him being sent? Yeah, that he was there in the beginning. Uh well Verse 16, come near to me, hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and His Spirit have sent me. Now that's Isaiah speaking, I believe. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you have, you had heeded my commandments, that your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. No, that's not it. Well, anywho. Uh, that's a really good story. That's a good, that's a good place for me to go. Because hmm. it, it, it talks about, yeah, like taking up the cross and follow him. Which, is, which alludes to his crucifixion as well, right? Because mm-hmm. was there any discussion around the cross before then? The one that comes to mind was uh, in the Old Testament says, "Cursed is he who is hung from a from a tree." 
That's one of the reference points that some Jewish scholars take, that Jesus is not Messiah. Not Messiah? Yeah. Hmm. Say it again? It says, it alludes to, cursed is he who, I can probably look it up, but it says, cursed is he who is hung from a cross. Who is hung from a cross? Yeah. Hmm. It might be forsaken. Maybe that's another one. Do you remember where it was? Uh, no. Oh, boy. There's a lot of references to the cross. We have to deep dive. Yeah, I'd have to deep dive into. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny him. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, there it is. <sighs> Curses is the man. Forsaken is the man. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh, I can't find it. That hangs on a tree. Where is this? Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 21, 23, right? Yes, sir. Because Galatians 3.13 also references it. Yeah. You go to Deuteronomy and I'll go to Galatians see what... Okay, so New King New King James? Yeah. Okay. It says his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who has hanged is cur- accursed of God. Galatians three thirteen says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's Deuteronomy 21, 23. Yeah. Say, say that one again? Uh, I'll, I'll go, hold on, let me go back to Deuteronomy 21, 22. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord God, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. That doesn't read the same that we just mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just covering. Maybe it's probably, I think it's different in... Another translation, I would imagine. I'm using New Kings. Yeah. But you want me to go, you wanted to go back to Galatians, right? Yeah, Galatians. Okay. 313. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Oh, that's, so, yeah, that makes sense then. 
But they're using that to to just yeah to say that he's not Messiah because he was hung on a on a. And this cross. is all Old Testament, Deuteronomy and Galatians. No, Galatians is uh, Paul's letter, and the New Testament. And then Deuteronomy is Old Testament. Correct. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day. So that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, for he was hanged as a curse of God. And this is alluding to, and in that, and Galatians is talking about Christ. He brings it up, yeah. That Christ is cursed. Right. Has become the curse. Because of the law, right? Because Christ fulfills the law. Yes. Which is in the Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, he has a whole chapter on that. That's interesting. Huh, okay. Well, I don't know. That's that's <laughs> something we have to... That's another topic for yeah. another day. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was actually thinking, too, we got into uh, in the environment. Yeah. I actually had a Bible study. No, I shouldn't say a Bible study. Yes, a personal Bible study, I guess. Or I started looking up scripture mm-hmm. in regards to nature, in regards to conservatism of the environment. Conservation. Conservation. That's that. Thank you. But I actually have notes on that. So maybe that's a future episode, Mr. Gabe. I think so, Mr. Lee. Sounds good. All right. Well, that wraps up episode number quattro. Four. Yes. Good translation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Good night. Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. 